The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air across Kentucky with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is your chance to get the latest news and views on your cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. And you can interact with Tom by tweeting at Leach Report or by emailing leachreport at gmail.com. And you can call the drinksword.com hotline, 877-904-1080. Now, here's Tom Leach. Good morning, everybody. Dick Gabriel in for the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. You'll hear him, of course, along with Jeff Picoro and yours truly, as the Wildcats take on those Georgia Bulldogs tomorrow down in Athens between the hedges. And we will talk a lot, of course, about that game. Coming up today, John Clay, the Herald Leader, will be joining us. Charles Walker, the former Wildcat wide receiver, We'll check in and we'll hear about those dogs from Scott Howard, the radio voice of the University of Georgia. We're also going to talk a little Keeneland with Jim Goodman, who is the track's director of wagering development. So lots to do today on the Leach Report. First, a quick look at Wildcat News of the Day presented by Giuseppe's. Check out their new climate-controlled patio and the drive through window for orders to go and uh, unabashed plug for Giuseppe's. Can't recommend them enough. Excellent. Uh, UK volleyball team playing the first of two with LSU, two-game series last night. Got off to a great start. Knocked off LSU behind eight blocks from junior middle blocker Johnny Teeler. 16 kills from outside hitter Matty Skinner. Wildcats win it 3-1 to one down at the Pete Maravich Assembly Center in Baton Rouge. So Kentucky now 12-3 and three on the season, 6-0 and oh in the SEC as the Cats try to win their fifth consecutive SEC championship. Final match of the series tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern time. You can see that on the SEC Network. So Craig Skinner's team off to a good start down on the bayou. You know all about the Kentucky-Georgia game and the Cats are ranked anywhere from 9th to 11th. The football writers have Kentucky ranked 9th in their Super 16 poll, but the Cats are 11, not that it really matters, in the coaches poll sponsored by USA Today. Highest ranking in that poll since the end of the 2018 season when they were also ranked number 11. And number 11 in the AP poll, that's the highest the Cats have been ranked there since that 2018 season back in October, October 28th. So Kentucky started number 16 this past week and jumped five spots after knocking off LSU. So the Cats have a tall order, of course, coming up with those Georgia Bulldogs. And when we come back, we'll talk to John Clay of the Herald-Leader. And a reminder, links to these stories are on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. You're listening to the Leach Report served up by... Wild Eggs of Lexington. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Leach Report. Dick Gabriel in for the voice of the Wildcats. And we are joined now by one of the voices of Lexington journalism, sports journalism, to be specific mr john clay sports columnist for the herald leader here in lexington good morning john good morning dick 
Have you enjoyed all the hype and the walk-up? You and I are sort of in the hype business. We try to, you know, keep it balanced. But you don't get to, to report on stories like this very often. You don't get to, to use what sounds like hyperbole, but it's really true. This is the biggest game in the country this week. And I don't know about you. I think it's kind of fun. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, by, just by the fact that Kentucky plays – uh, in the SEC, you know, they, they've played against number one teams, you know, many times over the years, it seems like. Uh, but not often have they played in those games where you thought that, you know, they had, where A, they were ranked, and B, you thought they had a chance to win. So, um, yeah, this makes uh, – it's obviously going to be a very tough task down in Athens. I think Georgia is very good, especially on defense. Uh, but yeah, it's fun to go into uh, into a matchup like this. Speaking of hyperbole, I heard this preseason – and I just shrugged it off. I said, first of all, way too soon. Secondly, I don't, I don't know that I see this in this team. And, again, this was back in August. But I heard people saying, and it wasn't just wild-eyed Kentucky fans. I heard people say, you know, this could be Mark Stoops' best team since he arrived at Kentucky. And people were probably, you know, buying in on, on Will Levis early and applying that to their assessment. How did you feel about that back in August? Did you hear that and and – what were your thoughts when you heard that kind of thing? Well, I think, you know, I, yeah, I heard some of that. I think, you know, I, my line before the season was I think that they're going to be, I think they've got a chance to be pretty good, but a lot will depend on the quarterback because obviously it was a new a new, uh, a new, offense and a new quarterback, and quarterback is a very important position. Maybe not quite as important in college as it is in the NFL, but it's still a very important uh, decision, uh, I mean position. So, you know that, and also I think the thing because there was so much attention to the offense going into the season, uh, I, I, it was sort of underplayed that they still had a lot of holes to fill on defense. When you're talking about guys who are drafted in the pros uh, off this defense from last year, Phil Hoskins, Quinn Bohanna, Kelvin Joseph, and Jamin Davis, who has been number you know 19 overall uh, uh, pick in the draft, right. and, and I'm leaving out there. Don't mean to leave out uh, Brandon Eccles, who was who was drafted as well so they had some you know if they could fill those holes uh yeah i thought they had a chance i thought the schedule set up that they had a chance to be stoop's best team i mean obviously that 2018 was a really good team won 10 games beat penn state uh, beat florida florida beat penn state in the in the citrus bowl um but we'll see how the rest of the season plays out but it does set up you know uh, even if kentucky loses on saturday it does set up the rest of the year but as Mark Stoop says, you know, if you want to play in big games, you got to take care of what's in front of you, and they have to do that the remainder of the season. So what do you think of the offense so far? Uh, you know, I think it's I think it's been good. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, obviously, you know, I think we forget sometimes, you know, they've only played six games in this yeah. offense. Will Levis has only been a starting quarterback in this offense for six games. The thing that impressed me about the LSU game, well, two things have impressed me about the offense. The thing impressed, number one, the thing impressed me is, you know, Liam Cohen came in here as offensive coordinator for the Rams. He came in here for one reason, to balance out the offense, to improve the passing game. Uh, he is not, but what he has done is he's not put his ego ahead of what works. And it's still the running game that's worked best for this offense. I mean, they ran for 330 yards against uh, LSU, if you go back to the Missouri game, uh, you know, the way they ran the ball in that game. When he called, when the situation called for running the ball, he's called running plays and they've done that successfully. The other thing that has impressed me is that Florida, they did not play well against Florida. 
and when he went up against Todd Grantham, uh, a very experienced, uh, well-known, and excellent defensive coordinator at Florida. And I think Liam took what he learned from that game when he went up against LSU, made some adjustments, and it worked against LSU. I think Florida's probably got a better defense than LSU, but still, I thought he made some adjustments that worked. So I think that's good. And we were talking to Mark yesterday, and Mark kind of made a reference to the fact that uh, we're six games through the season. It's been rough on Liam. He told Liam he was going to have to go. <laughs> he was going to have to go get an IV, refresh himself, come back. Being a play caller is rough in the SEC. He <laughs> kind of made a joke that, yeah, yeah, you're in the NFL, but this is the SEC. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll see. And when you look, I'm sure I was kidding him the other day, Liam. I said, when you look first put on the Georgia tape, did you think, hey, I thought I left the NFL? These guys, yeah. this looks like an NFL defense. And he laughed and said, yeah, they, he said, you know, that definitely looks like an NFL defense. It's interesting what you say about the run game and, and basically calling subjugating whatever urges he has to throw the ball because I know you're an NFL fan as well. We all are, John. And, and you know, you, you tune in every Sunday uh, and a team that's going to run the football just keeps running the football. The, the teams that struggle abandon what's working well because well the play sheet says on on play number 12 the script says throw the ball oops we you know we screwed it up the good teams that establish that run they keep going and yeah it's not sexy but it's funny how the more i think teams grind away and pound away i think the more fans get into it i think the fans enjoy seeing chris rodriguez and cavassi smoke run for eight and nine yards at a clip because they move the chain yeah and yeah, they moved the chains and set up. I mean, uh, you know, the running game is very even. If you even if you have a passing attack, I still think at today's football, you know, you need to run the ball. Uh, go back and look online what Brandon Staley, the coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, said about the run game. He could say he said it far better than I could say it. But that, it's an integral part of the offense. And I think too, we probably have overlooked uh, the job that Eric Wolford has done as offensive line coach yes. because this is a little different offense than they ran from a run game perspective running a lot of outside zone. And, you know, uh, Eric came in here from South Carolina. He was a Youngstown guy, friends with John, uh, with Mark Stoops. But he had to replace John Schwarman. And John Schwarman built this line. Obviously, what everybody went through, what that line went through, what the team went through over the past couple of years with John and his battle with cancer and losing John last year and how emotional that was. That wasn't the easiest position for Eric Wolford to come right. into. Obviously, he had talent with Darian Kennard with uh, Luke Fortner and Darren Rosenthal coming in, and Eli Cox is playing really well right now. Uh Uh, But I think he's done a really good job of keeping that going, and I'm not sure that that's the easiest thing to do in the situation that he stepped into. No, you're exactly right, and I don't think uh, that he has gotten enough attention for that. And those kids still talk about John, and, well, they should. They'll talk about John literally for the rest of their lives. But to come into that room and, and... take over and build and, and not only that as you said they're a, he's asking them to do different things now he talked about it preseason about it, and cohen talked about it as well using their athleticism a little bit more getting out to that second right. level a little bit more and challenging linebackers whereas in the past they would blast open holes at the point of attack and and go from there but uh, i agree with you i think that uh, that he has been un, unsung a little bit uh before i let you go john Georgia is anywhere from a 21-and-a-half to a 24-point favorite. It's just bad luck that Kentucky's got such a good team, and Georgia has one of, if not its best team ever. Uh, it's knocking on the door on that. But uh, does this feel like a three-touchdown game to you? 
Yeah, I was a little surprised. I thought it'd be closer to like 14 points, but I mean, I think that speaks more to just how impressive Georgia has been, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Like Mark said, Monday, I mean, they're they're playing at a ridiculous level right now. Yeah. Uh, so I think a lot of that is based on that. Plus, the game is at Georgia. It's at Athens. You know, Kentucky's. 0-8 under Mark Stoops against Georgia. Uh, I think it will be a little more competitive game than that. I think Kentucky will have a tough time winning, but I think they can make a competitive game out of it. Uh, you know, I talked to Gary Danielson uh, earlier this week. who will right. be doing the game on CBS uh, this weekend. And he one of the things he said, you know, Kentucky is a team. He sees in Kentucky a team that's competent, that plays really hard, and wants to prove it's a good football team. And in Georgia, he's a team that's really hungry and wants to prove that they're the best team yeah. in the country. Yeah. So I, I think both teams come into this game with mature, competent teams. Uh, you know, I, I'd have to pick Georgia to win, but I think Kentucky will make it a little more competitive than what some people think. Yeah, but for the reasons you just gave, Georgia will be absolutely ready for Kentucky. I think it'll be a good game, and if it's an ugly game, Kentucky, I think, keeps it close. Don't know if they win or not, but I, I just don't see it unless it's a late cover as a three-touchdown game. John, I know you'll be keeping an eye on things from back here. Thanks so much. Looking forward to your observations, and we'll see you down the road. Thanks, Dick. Have a good trip down to Athens. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Coming up, Jim Goodman from Keeneland. Dick Gabriel in for Tom Leach on the Leach Report served up by Wild Eggs and Wetzel. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. Dick Averlin for the voice of the Wildcats. Our next guest, Jim Goodman, who is Director of Wagering Development at Keeneland, joins us now. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Dick. How are you today? I am well, and I know that this is just—it's kind of a cliche, but it really is kind of a magical time of year when there's football and Keeneland happening in Lexington, isn't it? I tell a lot of people that call me about uh, coming to Lexington for Keeneland that, that this is the best place in the country to be in October. I, I have no doubt, and uh, I feel that way very strongly because we got a great product out here, and the Cats are putting a great product on the field. It's going to be a great day on Saturday here at Keeneland and watching the football game too. Tell everybody what's going to happen on Saturday. This is big. To a couple, you got this weekend a couple of good handicapping contests. We do. We have a uh, our biggest contest of the fall is on Saturday. It's a thirty five hundred dollar buy in. Uh, we got players from all over the country, plus players playing on ExpressBet, TVG, uh, Naira Bets, and uh, so I've got about two hundred fifty players put up thirty five hundred dollars a piece playing for a pot that would be close to a hundred thousand dollars in total prizes, including a trip to the BCBC Challenge at uh, Del Mar and the NHC, the National Handicappers Players Championship in Vegas next year. So I've got some really good players coming in, got some really good players online playing the Keeneland card on Saturday. And then on Sunday we've got a little more normal tournament, a $400 entry fee, so we'd love to have people come out to Keeneland for that. Uh, It's a 250 live bankroll tournament. Uh, It gives away one BCBC and probably four NHC spots, so that's an inexpensive way to get into the tournament business. So you got a shot at either getting to Del Mar or Vegas. That's not too bad either way. That's not too bad. Uh, I'm, I'm going out to Del Mar to work that, and it's one of the most yeah. beautiful places in the world, and it's yeah. a great place if you haven't been there. Uh, the Breeders' Cup is going to be at Del Mar this year, and uh, uh, it's a wonderful experience for to play in that tournament. And that tournament has a first prize of about 300000 So it's a very lucrative uh, uh, NHC Tour, BCBC tournament uh, schedule, part of that so it's uh it's it's a great opportunity for people to really get 
um, a, a great payoff. Driven by Del Mar. Driven by it. I've not been able to stop in and, and invest any money. But uh, I checked Saratoga finally off my list this summer, and Del Mar's on the list as well. Uh, tell me a little bit about the uh, Keeneland Turf Pick 3. We started the, the Keeneland Turf Pick 3. It's something that no other track, to my knowledge, has done. Um, one of the things that people, uh, players, complain about is a lot of players love the 10 cent. Um, minimum or the sure. 50 cent minimum sure. but a lot of players don't because it dilutes the payoff so we started a three dollar minimum pick three with the last three turf races of each day which are normally our best races out here uh, so for example when we're looking at saturday's card it includes the qe2 our best race of the day along with two uh turf allowance races and that's got to. That's I've got to think that's going to be or has been met with uh, with great success. People are going to love that. It's been very successful so far. We've averaged about one hundred fifty thousand dollars a day in handle for a brand new wager. That's fantastic. Uh, I've had a lot of good comments. I've had a lot of. It's, it paid over a thousand dollars for a three dollar bet uh, the last time we had it on Wednesday. So we have it again today on Friday. It'll, it'll be the. A standard wager when we card at least three turf races, which is most days of the meet. We have some days where we only card two, but uh, I've had a lot of positive comments about it. It's uh, I like to do things in a new way, and this is a something that's very player friendly. You can get a nice payoff, cost you a little more to play it, but you can play a straight three dollar pick three. You could hit that the other day for a thousand bucks. Oh. Man, do you think people, Jim, are, are learning more uh, more? And I, I got to think they they enjoy because they can get involved for not a lot of money. But you've got you, you can wager as little as ten cents or fifty cents or a buck, and you know, like you said, you don't have to make a huge investment, but it's still fun. It is fun, and, and Keeneland is famous for having casual fans out here. Yeah. There aren't many. There aren't many places. We had close to eight thousand, nine thousand people on Wednesday here. And I had a guy come down from New York, and he said, I don't get this kind of crowd on a Saturday or Sunday at Belmont. Um, and it's just amazing. It's a social event here, but it's also we like for people to wager. We like for people to have fun and make money. And as you learn how to wager um, and you train or, or you train your kids and you and you train your friends how to handicap, it maintains that, uh, that Keeneland flavor. And, yeah. And, and it's something that you can pass along. So many people here – learn about the races when they come out for college day yeah. which happens to be today by the way if you want to college kids to come out and try for a ten thousand dollar scholarship today there you go uh, and it's a it's a great day to come to the races so that the weather holds off and that's how people learn about keeneland so many people started when they were at uk thanks and, jim yeah. gotta go i appreciate it back in a minute all right thanks. Find out more about the Voice of the Cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. Welcome back to the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs, Dick Gabriel in for the Voice, and we welcome now Charles Walker, former Wildcat, once a Wildcat, always a Wildcat, uh, and a guy who uh, still follows his beloved Wildcats. Of course, he's a businessman now over in Louisville. Good morning, Charles. Dick, how are you? I'm well, thank you so much. And, and a few minutes ago, Tom texted me, forwarded the photo that you sent him of a young Charles Walker, number 88 in your program, number one in your hearts, uh, on the field down in Athens, huge crowd behind you, and you spotted your parents in the crowd. How cool was that? 
Yeah, pretty uh, pretty cool photo there. About to catch a punt, and of course my uh, my parents are right over my right shoulder, and then uh, two close family friends. You know, my uncle Jerry and Aunt Virginia, who are you know my aunt and uncle that aren't true blood, right? Uh, but that's just what we call them. So very very cool photo, very cool moment. So you're a walk on. You work your way into the lineup. You become a vital part of this team. Do you remember the first time you ran out of that? It's it's not a very big tunnel down there at Athens, but out from under those end zone seats by the statue of Uga for the first time and run out there between the hedges, those hedges you'd heard so much about? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I get chills just hearing you describe it. But <laughs> uh, it, it truly is one of the coolest stadiums out there and, yep. and probably one of the the most fun to play in with that crowd. But just the history behind it, and I always tell people it's, it's the thinnest grass you could ever imagine. It's it just pristine. Um, and it's funny, that's the one thing I remember about it most is just the, the pureness of that grass they have there uh, at Sanford Stadium. But playing against a historic program like Georgia, you know, I've always respected them, always liked them. You know, they, they keep their uniform simple and they keep their play, you know, pretty simple as well. You know, that's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. But, yeah, that grass... It's it's a little bit it's not quite like moss, but it's like grass that's a really low cut right before you get under the green at a golf course. And it, it yep, does exactly. Yeah. It gets chewed up a little bit, but it's still pretty good, isn't it? It is. And I, I always said that you feel, you know, three times faster pre game <laughs> when you're running your routes there. Um South Carolina and Alabama, all three of them, they you just feel so quick on, on that pure pure grass. Yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, the other guys get to run on it as well. But how do you see this one, Charles? Because uh, it's been since '09 that Kentucky won there, and uh, Stoops may have his best team, but Georgia may have their best team ever. What do you say? You know, they do, and, and I think it's going to be a battle of the of the trenches. You know, yeah. Georgia's given up what two hundred? They average two hundred and three yards given up on uh, on defense, and you know we're we're averaging uh, what four hundred yards on offense. So yeah. I think whoever establishes the run and whoever can take shots and complete shots on offense to win this game, um, you know, Georgia plays cover three, man, buzz. They they keep it simple. Like I said, they they rush four, drop seven, make you run the ball because they know that their D-line is, is pretty daggone good. <laughs> cover three, so they'll keep people in front of them. Uh, man, they've got the athletes to man up, but I'm wondering, you being a receiver, uh, how do you see number one fitting into this game plan for Kentucky? What do you think he'll be able to accomplish? You know, it really just depends on how Kirby Smart wants to defend them. You know, they, they could play base D and they could bracket Wandell and make yep. somebody else beat them. Um, but they, they have a couple starting DBs out. You know, they just, what they found out, uh, Tyke Smith is out for the season. And I think even uh, 29, well, what's his name? Chris something. Yeah. Uh, Chris Smith. I think he might be out with the shoulder. I watched him uh, live take that pick six back against Clemson. I mean, you're out two starters, and you have two guys come in that maybe don't have that many reps. Uh, you try to protect them, and you do play that cover three. I see a lot of seam routes. I see a lot okay. of flood concepts and rollout passes. Okay, that sounds good to me. On the other hand, as you know, Kentucky's down two vital interior D linemen. But I think the the hallmark of the Stoops era has been recruiting for depth, especially, as you said, in the trenches. But, but you're, man, those are two important guys, starting with, 
with uh, McCall in the middle. How concerned are you? You know, uh, that that one does hurt us a lot. And, and of course, Ox filled in his spot yep. almost like, you know, bully wasn't needed. Um, and, and not to be bullish there, but it, it's going to be, I guess, what, we'll throw a boule in there. I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see, uh, you know, how he steps up to the challenge. But, you know, all this goes down to, you can look at pen and paper and who's the better team. Well, Georgia's number one. Georgia allows this, blah, blah, blah. Each man ties their cleats and goes to work. So I think Stoops will have him ready uh, to take down a number one team in the nation. Yeah, they'll definitely be ready. I think both teams will be ready emotionally and uh, and mentally. And, of course, the crowds have been sensational in Lexington in the last couple of weeks, and you know what it's like playing in front of that big crowd down at Georgia. But I've also heard players, Charles, say that it kind of helps them when they're on the road because they, they – it reinforces this, you know, we're all in this together, we're playing for our brothers, and we can get through this, you know, as long as we hang together. Did you get that sensation when you were playing on the road? No, absolutely. And, and you know, I've always said that the, my greatest memories are when you hear that crowd on third and ten, uh, you know, cheering against you, and you can get that first down and you can just hear <laughs> the, the stadium go into crickets. I mean, it's dead silent. Um, when you have a good team and you have a mature team, the crowd shouldn't get to you. And and I think even Will Levis said the atmosphere is one of the things he's looking forward yeah. to. Uh, you know, you got to love when your quarterback is, is saying that before a big game. But yeah, like you said, it it it's awesome. I, I think back to Sandstorm. Uh, oh. to what they play? They play Tom Petty in the fourth quarter at uh, Sanford. I mean, it's yep. All the red lights are on. It's a really really cool experience. I'll let you go with this. You were a special teams guy. I tell you, you won the hearts of your coaches. Uh, do you think this game could come down to special teams? You know, absolutely. I, I think it will be a low-scoring game. And, you know, Colin Goodfellow had a heck of a game last week, uh, being able to flip the field and pin them deep. Uh, you know, Georgia's always known to have a good special teams, but it, it's one-third of the game. People forget about it, but it, it truly can win and lose you football games. So I do think that'll play uh, an important part and. You know, I'm I'm taking. Uh, I think I'm taking Cats twenty-one seventeen. So there you go, buddy. I hope you're right. If you are, you're coming on my show next week to brag about that. Okay. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Charles. I appreciate it. Have a good time watching the game. Yes, sir. You too. Take care, Charles Walker, former Kentucky wide receiver and kick return specialist. We're back in just a minute. Dick Gaberlin for the voice of the Wildcats here on the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs. Get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Leach Report. Dick Gaberlin for the voice of the Wildcats. Shannon, did you tell me we have Scott? All right, good deal. Uh, Scott Howard is the radio voice of the Georgia Bulldogs. He'll be next door or a couple doors down from Tom and Jeff uh, as we call the action. Of course, I'll be down on the field when the Wildcats take on those Georgia Bulldogs. Scott, good morning. Hey, Dick, how are you? I'm well, thank you so much. What is it like down there, Scott? You guys have had good football a lot. You've had some great football. This This season could be really special, obviously. What's it like down there right now? Uh, it's exciting. Uh, you know, I mean, Kirby's uh, been here for six years now. This is his sixth season. 
and uh, he's he's brought a lot of uh, you know a lot of excitement to say the least to uh, this part of the state and this part of the country uh, with uh, his brand of football. And uh, you know I, I, the expectations are are very high, but uh, you know Georgia has has lived up to those for the most part. But uh, you know there's that that uh, that one golden ring that has eluded uh, the program for a while now and that's the one they're after this year so it's uh, it's a fun time right now to to watch the, uh, the way this team is playing some football you mentioned uh, his brand of football and when i watched the clemson game i said to myself oh this is kirby smart football this is the kind of defense that that he has aspired to since he was an assistant at valdosta state under chris hatcher um and yet, you know, you got enough offense as well. Uh, tell me a little more about this defense that it seems like it, it's just impossible to move the football. Yeah, he, he definitely loves that side of the, of the football. And uh, Dan Lanning is the, is the defensive coordinator. And then the, the other guys on the defensive staff work very well in, in unison with Kirby. And, you know, he's, he's kind of turned the offense over to uh, to Todd Munkin and, and, uh, and a few assistant coaches on that side to let them get done uh you know what they need to but uh, defense is certainly his focus and uh boy they've just amassed a, a really fine group here and there's you know he he says a lot there's no real superstar on this mm. team they play a lot of guys and he's kind of right about that i mean there are you know a lot of draft picks on this roster but there's not that one guy that you point to that's that's probably going to win a lot of national awards or and things like that. It's just a really good cohesive unit, and you know, right now they're uh, they're leading the nation in scoring defense and, and in total defense and in pass defense, and they lead the conference in rush defense and red zone <laughs> defense and sack total and opponent third down percentage and and on and on and on. You can yeah. just look through all the statistical information, and it's. It's really dynamic to see the way this team is playing. And, you know, when you talk about the defense the way you just did, in my mind's eye, I, I see people flying to the football, which is, you know, that's the mantra for uh, defensive coaches. And in and, and watching Georgia play, that's what I see. Uh, so it's truly a group effort, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Uh, you know, and that's, we were in Auburn last week, and, and a lot of folks over there were, we're talking about how much fun it is to watch Georgia for defensive football. I mean, you know, people that, that maybe aren't SEC fans or uh, Georgia football fans, you know, they'll tune in to watch this team because they've heard about the way they play defense. And that's, yeah. I think that's kind of unusual. I don't recall hearing that in, in my time in, in working in college athletics. Uh, you know, usually it's all about points. It's about yeah. scoring and is you know it's about uh, throwing bombs and and all the highlight plays like that. You don't really tune into a game to watch a team play defense, but uh, a lot of people are watching because they're interested in in uh, in this Georgia defense. You know, hey, can they get another shutout? You know, hey, are they going <laughs> to give up a touchdown this week? I mean, it's it's that kind of talk. Have the fans in the stadium there reacted? Can you hear them buzzing and cheering about the defense? Uh, yeah, you know, you can ask Arkansas about that. I mean, they, <laughs> that first, that first series, man, that, uh, you know, Sam Pittman, uh, supposedly told Kirby after the game that Georgia won that game on that first series. Mm. Uh, you know, Arkansas is in that end of the end zone and, you know, the stadium's packed and they're in front of the student section and, you know, they're on offense and Georgia's on defense and they had it a couple of false start penalties and yep. then a sack and then they were punting out of the end zone and 
and they never really recovered from that. No. And, and a lot of that had to do with uh, with the atmosphere at Sanford Stadium and the crowd noise, and you know, and when the team was playing defense. So, yeah, Georgia fans are feasting on that as well. What's it been like for you to come in? You've been there for a few years, but you you took over for a legend, but. Uh, doing such a great brand of football in, in a place. I know more journalists, Scott, who say that's their favorite spot, and it's my favorite spot to visit in the SEC. What's that been like for you? I I mean, it's been terrific. I went to school here, so I had you know a little bit of background with, okay. uh, with living in the area in, in Athens and, and uh, you know, grew up loving Georgia sports and Georgia football particularly, and and uh, listening to Larry Munson, uh, the the legend you referred to, and, and got a chance to work with him for 15 years, yeah. which was which was a uh, real thrilling for a young broadcaster, I tell you. Um, so it, it's, I mean, it's been terrific. You know, I've raised my family here, and um, uh, you know, I, this is where I've wanted to be since as long as I can remember. And and it's just worked out that uh, I've been able to have the job that I wanted to have, and. And, uh, you know, things are going well. So it's it's been a – I feel very fortunate and blessed to have uh, have it kind of turn out this way. And, and hopefully it's still a long time to go. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, getting back to the game, you've got a couple of kids out on the defensive side injured, D-backs. You've got uh, perhaps one of the quarterbacks is out. What's the injury situation like with Kentucky's got two D-linemen out? What are, what are you guys looking at? Yeah, you know, I think both teams are pretty beat up, and uh, you know, the the quarterback thing is has kind of been a week to week deal, and I don't know that JT's ready to go tomorrow. To be honest with you, it'll probably be Stetson uh, would be my guess. You know, the coaching staff takes a look at Daniels in the in the pregame warmups, and um, you know, I mean, he's in uniform and he's out there, but yeah. uh, I'm not sure how much he can throw and 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 move at that point with uh, with that muscle injury that he has. So. Uh, we'll see. We'll see about Daniel. I expect Bennett to play again tomorrow, and he's played well, so that's you know that's not uh, a great concern, I don't think. But uh, they do have some uh, uh, defensive guys out. You know, one guy we we expected to start at the beginning of the season. Well, he broke his foot in in camp, and he hadn't played until last week. He finally got back last week. Tyke Smith, the transfer yeah. from West Virginia, who was an All American player for the Mountaineers, and and then uh, a couple of days ago he. He uh, had an knee injury, tore his ACL so oh. out for the year. Oh. He got to play about three or four snaps against oh. Auburn, I think, uh, and that was it. And that's very unfortunate yeah. for him. But Georgia's been able to really work around injuries just because of depth. So, And, and there's a laundry list of them, not necessarily all the front-line players, but uh, there's a lot of guys that are banged up and, and uh, probably a handful that won't play tomorrow. From your vantage point, what are people saying about Kentucky, about the, the, this team, and about Mark Stoops and all that heading into this game? Well, the, the folks that I hear from, I mean, are, are pretty impressed with what's uh, what's going on there in Lexington and, and how the, the Wildcats have played and, and the way they play. And, you know, Kirby's talked about that, too, about, you know, the Kentucky game year in and year out is always one of the most physical games. I mean, it was brutal last year. You know, it was low scoring. Uh, a lot of guys got hurt. We came home, you know, on a, on a hospital bus, it uh. seems like, last year. Um, and it's just it's that kind of game every year. Both teams have, I think, similar players, certainly on defense. You know, there's a lot of size on the line of scrimmage. Um, uh, there's a lot of good tackling, a lot of hard hitting. Uh, so folks here, I, I think, are very impressed with, 
with Kentucky and, and being six and zero, and probably you know surprised a little bit as well that uh, there are only two teams left in the SEC yeah. that are undefeated, and, and uh, we're going to see those two tomorrow. Folks in the desert say it'll be a three touchdown game. Do you see it that way? Yeah, you know I'm I'm never very good at that. I always expect a close game. Yeah, um, and if it if it turns out one way, then you know so be it. But uh, I don't know. I, I you know I think I think Georgia probably has more talent right sure. now and, and a little more depth. Um, three touchdowns. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't. It, it depends on. Uh, if one team can wear down the other and, and beat on them for three quarters and then yeah. win it in the fourth quarter, we'll see if that's that's how this transpires. But um, um, you know, I'm, I'm never very good at that. That's why I don't gamble. So cause I'd, <laughs> I'd be in the poorhouse right now. I will tell you what, I'm right there with you, brother. I just want a good game to cover, and I know you do as well. Scott Howard is the radio voice of the Georgia Bulldogs. Scott, we'll see you in the press box. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you having me. We'll see you tomorrow. All right. Take care. Scott Howard, radio voice of the Bulldogs. We're back in just a minute. Right here on the Leach Report, served up by Miley. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Thanks again to all of our guests today. Thanks, as always, to Shannon the Dude for keeping us here on the air and on time. And a reminder, this day... UK history back in 1977. Kentucky won at LSU 33-13. Art still scored his only touchdown as a Wildcat. Blocked a field goal, picked it up, ran for the goal line. And we looked up and there's a little guy chasing him. It was the kicker. And we started to wonder, what's he going to do if he catches him? I asked Art about that last week. He said, you know, I waited for him. I said, come on, cuz, but never showed up. So he just took it on into the end zone. Maybe the Wildcats score a touchdown that way against those Georgia Bulldogs. Tom Leach, Jeff McCorrell, yours truly. 3.30 kickoff down in Athens. That's it. So long from the Leach Report. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you need